Hello, my name is Jeremy Giles, and you're listening to episode 115 of the Who's On Top podcast. And welcome back to episode 115 of the Who's On Top podcast. I'm your host, Daniel Fox. Finally, we have the whole in the house and we have one of the most exciting NFL weekends in recent memory to recap. So let's meet who will be doing said recapping. First, the everyman of every Rutgers sport. I don't even know what to call him anymore. Ellis Gordon, how you doing, bud? What's good? How are you, Foxy? I, you know, I have a little bit of a stomach bug, but, you know, they, they compare me Michael Jordan more for my on-field uh, performance, but I'm gonna do a little flu game today. What do you get? Food poisoning or stomach bug? No, just a stomach bug. Oh, we'll that's not battle that's not, through. That's a little better. Next, a surprise entrance in today. We didn't think he was coming, but then I got on and I saw his sexy face. Jeremy Hundred Miles Giles, he's here. Hello, yes, I am here. My sexy face is all right on the screen oh yeah and, and finally I am, as always i am at your service go i need the pickup line i need the line come on okay and finally we finally got him we put out the uh batman call we we're able to track him down uh watching the yankees in a syracuse storm who could have thought bdk jacob kasdan is here what is up guys i know it's been a while for me i've been really busy but I finally got uh, got all my schedules packed down, got my practice schedules done. And I'm just so excited to talk some sports. Oh, fire me up. And we'll start with the tip-off. I don't have my whistle, so I got to do it manually. Doo-doo. Let's start with the big news that everyone's talking about, the home run chase. We got two of them. Aaron Judge is at 59 home runs. He is closing in on the AL record. He just keeps on going. He's got six games at home to do it, two against the Pirates, four against the Red Sox. So he's probably going to do it off like Ryan Brazier cookie. Dan, the judge gets to 60 or 61. Me and my friends are going to go down for one of the games at at, uh, Yankee Stadium against the Sox. Cool. Speaking of home run chases, Albert Pujols is at 698. He's just two away from the coveted seven home, 700 home run mark that only three players have gotten to in baseball history. He's got about 15 games to do it. Should be exciting. Standings update. We got the Guardians pulling away with the AL Central. They're now four games up. Looks like they're going to get that three seed and host our favorite Mickey Mouse Clubhouse friends, the Tampa Bay Rays. In a more exciting race in the NL East, the Braves and the Mets are in an absolute dogfight. The Mets, who clinched a playoff spot yesterday, have a one-game lead. Looks like it's going to come down to the penultimate game of the season in Atlanta in a couple weeks. We got a three-team race for the last NL wildcard spot. That would be the Phillies, the Brewers, and the Padres. The Padres have a half-game lead. Starting to finally get it going after just an atrocious stretch. Juan Soto is three for 48, putting up those Ellis shooting numbers. But now they're starting to get back on track a little bit. And the Brewers are two and a half games back. It's going to be, it's going to be tough for them, but they're still alive. That's all we got for MLB. BDK, college football. Let's hear it. All righty. Here we go with a quick college football wrap-up of week three. First off, let's go over to a little quick announcement from the Johns Hopkins boy, Jeremy Giles. Jeremy, how's Johns Hopkins doing? Well, not only do we have a football team, but we have discovered that if you find bad enough opponents to play, you can make even the nerds at Johns Hopkins look very athletic. We beat a Juniata, which is a school that exists somewhere, 70 to nothing. And I just want to say... Good job, guys. I want to give it all up to the coaching staff for getting us to play Juniata. I think it's going to give them a lot of credit. And, yeah, we're we're 3-0 and right now. We're, we're killing it. All right, on to another undefeated team, the Ithaca Bombers. Ithaca Bombers. They hosted Alfred. It was over by halftime, 38-0. They put the subs in. Didn't matter. Outscored them 14-3 in the second half. 
Just an absolute juggernaut. They could run the ball. They could throw the ball. A.J. Winfield's him. Uh, but their defense, you know what they call our defensive line, Jacob? What do they call them? They call it death row. Because nobody, because if you're going to run, if you're going to pass, might as well get a death sentence. Matt DeSimplicis, remember the name, leads the team in tackles and sacks. He is a monster. And then don't try and pass on this team. We got Antoine Robinson. Though I have to say this, Alfred team, I was like, we were doing our game prep for the team, because I do the halftime show. We were doing our game prep. And like, we were looking through the roster. They had like cornerbacks that were like 5'4", 130. I'm 5'4", mother And Jeremy, are you playing D3 football? Enough of this. It's a D3 no, I, 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 I much, weigh much more than 130. I have at least 30 pounds more to exist. Power five conferences. And Rutgers barely squeaking by a win over Temple. Rutgers combining for 59 pass yards. Looking like the Bears offense out here. But uh, Shiano's defense too much to handle for the son of Kurt Warner and the Temple offense. Now on to a real football team. The Syracuse Orange. Three and four. Oh, baby. Great win against Purdue. The Dome was electric. Uh, Garrett Schrader turned up late game. Aronde Gadsden, 120 yards and two touchdowns. He's got some new NIL deals from one of my professors. Pretty cool just this weekend. Syracuse 3-0 going into week four in the Dome Friday night. Pack the Dome against Virginia. Syracuse is going to be 4-0. Into more better Power 5 conference football. Oklahoma easily handed Nebraska. Georgia handled it to South Carolina, as we all expected. And just a little quick shout out, poor Lauren at UConn, UConn losing 59-0 to University of Michigan. Another surprising blowout, Penn State took over Auburn 41-12 in a great game. Oregon really stood ahead late in the game, beating BYU 41-20. Alabama continues to thrash these terrible no-name teams, such as L.A. Monroe that I've never even heard of. Wake Forest barely beating out the unranked Liberty to remain a top the ACC with Miami, Ohio State easily winning, Pitt destroying Western Michigan. And, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Oh, no, one more great game, Texas A&M, 23rd ranked against the 25th ranked University of Miami. A&M took them down. Uh, good thing for A&M because Syracuse atop the ACC, 3-0. That's it for this week of college football. Now let's head over to Ellis for some stupid This is stupid not a lot of stupid today. Dan will rejoice. F1 Yay. doesn't play for another 12 days, I believe. 12. Yeah, that sounds correct. Or race, rather, play. And then Premier League is still off for the Queen. They'll be back next week. I really don't get that, but I'm not British. Shut um, it down. You know, so let's go. Let's go to what a Mickey Mouse League shutting down. How many days? 12 for the Queen? 16. 16? She was yeah. 96. Like, uh, okay. Dude, agree with have you a that. pregame, have a pregame ceremony and get back to it. We need to shut down for two weeks. She was, she was 96. Nope. Not to be disrespectful, but I actually totally agree with you. I don't get it. But anyway, rare, um, rare yeah, no, I kind of agree. I don't really get how this is this big morning. I mean, I get it's morning, but like, what does that have to do? Dude, the Irish, soccer? the Irish, the Irish club scheduled double the games after the queen died. They said, we got to celebrate. <laughs> anyway, so let's go to through some soccer league standings. Real Madrid sits at one. Barcelona sits at two. And Real Betis sits at a surprising three in La Liga standing so far. Remember, early on in the season. Serie A, it's Napoli and Atlanta at the top 17 points apiece with another surprising three-team, Udinese at third, a half game back. They probably should regress to the mean. They have a six-game win streak right now, but they probably should regress to the mean soon. In the Bundesliga, the Bundesliga has a shocking story. Again, we are only seven out of 32 games in, but Bayern Munich, winners in the Bundesliga the last nine times. They, they The last time they lost the Bundesliga, I believe, was 2013. Well, they're in fifth with only 12 points. They've only won one of their last five games. They have struggled to score, but their advanced stats, like expected goals and stuff, uh, says they'll be just fine soon. Dortmund sits at two at 15 points. And in one is Union Berlin, the tiny club out of, you guessed it, Berlin. But what's crazy about this is I saw a stat. And so in soccer, I don't know if you guys know, there's goals and there's X, it's XGA. It's expected goals based off chances. So you tend to see that XGA and GA are around the same because expected goals usually lead to real goals. Sometimes if you're bad luck, 
your XGA is a bit higher than your goals. It's the most sometimes, boring story I've ever. And sometimes heard. when you have good wait, sometimes when you have good luck, your XGA is lower because you're expected less goals, but you have good luck. Well, Union Berlin to start the season in seven games played has 15 goals. Their XGA expected goals have been six, so they've scored nine unexpected goals, which is like unheard of. So they probably should start crashing down soon. But as of now, they've won five of their last six and are on a roll. Let's go finally to the MLS. Philadelphia is on the roll. They have all wrapped up the first seed in the East. They'd have to lose both games and Montreal would have to win the last two games. Probably not going to happen. Red Bull slipped up a bit, but there with two games left. They still have a half game up on third place. NYCFC on fourth. Orlando at fifth. Sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth. All scrapping for those final two spots. Right now, Cincinnati into Miami at six and seven with Columbus and Atlanta United looking in. But that could change at any second because Atlanta United most likely is out of it. It'll probably be between Columbus, Cincinnati, Inter Miami, those last two spots. But Atlanta United technically are still in it. And Charlotte are also technically still in it if they win their last three games. So those that is the East. In the West, you know, we've been keeping track of this since the beginning of the summer. The Sounders are in real deep 25 years of not missing the playoffs. They are in major trouble. They'd have to win out their last three games and hope the LA Galaxy lose two out of three. So if that doesn't happen, the Sounders are out. Uh, right now, top is LAFC. They're the best team in the league. Austin sits at a comfortable two. Dallas at three. Then a little closer is Nashville and Portland at four and five. Six is Minnesota. And that last seventh spot in the playoffs is being scrapped out between LA Galaxy and Real Salt Lake. And Vancouver is a game back too. So they're in semi-striking distance. Yes. Yeah. Real quick segue. I know it's still soccer. What do you think Syracuse's men's soccer team is rated? Uh, probably one. If you're telling, asking me, I, I know the ACC. So the Third. ACC is the best league in the, in the nation. Yeah, ACC is the best uh, soccer league. Third. ACC is the best, and then Big Ten is the second best, and then it's SEC. Like if you're good and want to play D1 soccer, you go to the ACC. So that's not that surprising. But Syracuse on a roll. LA Galaxy again. It's Real Salt Lake fighting for the last spot. It'll be a good last two games to watch in the end. So that is stupid with me all right now it's time where we've all been waiting for i'm gonna try and keep my focus now the yankees and the pirates are in a dog fight right now possible world series preview just two teams two juggernauts just going at it so gotta keep an eye on that but we'll start with nfl poetry this week i have the afc jacob has the nfc so let's get into it with poetry from the afc and like ellis i took to an aabb rhyme scheme because i'm not trying to you know, wow anybody. I, I do that with my content, not my rhyme scheme. So here we go. Mid Jones and Co. took on the Steelers and Mitch, and the Steelers' offense was stuck in a ditch. Just 250 yards of offense for the silver and gold. Mac Jones loves his checkdowns. He's not very bold. The Bills took on the Titans in a Monday night showdown. If you didn't see it, let me give you the lowdown. The Bills are the best in the whole damn league. Derrick Henry looks flat out fatigued. What a comeback by the Jets. Who saw that coming? A blown coverage that bad is flat out stunning. With Wilson and co, the Jets might be frisky. Is Joe Flacco better than Mitch Trubisky? Tua heard the haters and kept the receipts. With Waddle and Hill, the Dolphins bring the heat. A perfect game by Lamar wasn't enough. That Ravens secondary is looking mighty rough. Oh boy, the Colts, where do I start? Their offense is the equivalent of one of Jacob's farts. The Jags, meanwhile, aren't as bad as we thought. You throw a ball near Kirk, it will be caught. Broncos country, let's ride. Well, maybe not. Clock management does hack it, need to be taught. They barely squeak by the lowly Texans. Their offense is more basic than one direction. Speaking of disappointments, the Cincinnati Bengals putting up less offense than Adam Engel. Their new O-line is in absolute shambles. Burrow is going to look like a can of soup. Campbell's. The Raiders looked on their way to an easy win. Then Kyler Murray started to make things happen. Now 0-2, things are looking bad for Vegas. Carr will still finish among the fantasy best. The game of the week took place in Arrowhead, where Mahomes made that magic that opponents dread. Hurt by injuries, the Chargers battled. Justin Herbert flat out cannot get rattled. That's it. That was so good, Dan. Oh, thank you, Jeremy. Take I was really impressed. That was really, really good. Takes a, a king to know a king. Yes, exactly. All right. <laughs> Harrison Bader, two RBI single. Oh, my God. Three RBI in his debut. It's tough. 
Yeah, this is tough. I mean, look, we're ready. Whatever you, whatever you could do to beat a juggernaut like the Pirates, you gotta you gotta do it. I mean, you need all hands on deck. All right, now we'll go to Jacob for the NFC. All right, here we go. A little last minute poetry. So it's not as good as dance, but I just hope to get half of the praise that I got from Jeremy for dance poem. So that's the goal. I also went for a somewhat AA or AABB or whatever you call it, but also kind of switch it up at some point. But here we go. Oh, the Giants took on Mayfield and Co. And oh boy, the Panthers looked really slow. All the 2 0 are my New York Giants. Some are even saying Brian Dable has it down to a science. Brady and the Bucks went down in the Saints town. Mike Evans and Marshall Lattimore really took each other down. The Bucks defense was too much to handle, but Tom Brady's appearing to barely even be ample. Washington went into Detroit, and oh boy, did Goff had something to say. The Lions said, no, 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 not today. Amodra St. Brown is high-key tough, and Carson Wentz just could not do enough. On to San Fran, we go where Trey Lance said, hey, it's my time to go. Jimmy G stepped up, stepped up big, and took down Geno. Seattle didn't have enough firepower, and the San Fran D kind of devoured. The Cowboys with no deck, hmm, what do we have here? Looks like the Bengals O-line still had five too many beers. Aaron Rodgers said, I'm done being a fraud. The Justin Fields just isn't a god. The score went into big old Philly, but Jalen Hurts was not about to be made look silly. That's the NFC, and that's it for me. So thank you. All right. I like it. I like it. That was good. I, I, I like the use of ample. Didn't think you had it in you. Thank you. That's a good word. Good word. Good uh, word. All right. Let's it. move on to our main segment. Our first time doing this with the BDK. So I'll explain it to him and all our listeners who may have missed the last podcast. It's the good, the bad, and the fantasy. So we're going to go through and say one thing that was good, one thing that was bad, and then break down fantasy. You know, that could be as an overall standpoint or our personal leagues. Um, and I think we have, might have a, something to talk about with that. So I'll start with the good. And my good is Tua Tugavailoa throwing six touchdowns and over 460 yards. Look, 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 look. I'm not saying Tua is a top five quarterback in the league. I'm not saying that. You're not going to catch me saying that. But – when you, I think Waddle and Hill, at the end of the season, we're going to look at them as top 10, 15 receivers. There's a lot of talent there. You throw in Chase Edmonds, a great receiving back. And Tua, he's got his flaws, but he is deadly accurate. He is accurate. So he's just being a point guard. He's just going to distribute the ball around. And I see him putting up big numbers, big fantasy numbers. And this will be a big test this week to see if they can hang with the Bills. But they just hung up with one of the best offenses with the Ravens, beat them, two of minimizes mistakes. And I think this Dolphins team could be really scary. Yeah, totally, totally agree. And I think one thing that's funny is th- there's a video going around Twitter today of a mirror uh, yes. throwing. I saw that. Only people give him so much because he's a lefty and it, it does look a little awkward and weird when he throws. When you turn it to, when you turn it mirrored to, a, and it looks like he's throwing right, he looks like a bullet. He's just throwing a laser. But yeah, I totally agree with you, Dan. I wouldn't say Tua is him, but he's definitely got put a question mark. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely got enough around him to uh to do very, very impressive things with his Dolphins team. And the Dolphins defense is just really good, a little underrated in my opinion. They have some of the best coverage corners in the league. But uh yeah, this offense is just mightily scary with all that speed. A quick set I saw on the herd is the Dolphins are eight and one in their last game with Tua. So Yeah, it's impressive. Yeah. But all right, let's move on to my good. And we had predictions last week, Vikings-Eagles. And I picked the Vikings, and I'll be fully honest with you, very confidently. Oh, I thought it would actually – I didn't think it would be a blowout, obviously. But I thought it would be a pretty comfortable win for the Vikings. And I watched most of that game. And what I saw from the Eagles, right, like everyone's freaking out that the Vikings are bad. I don't think they're bad. Uh, I think there's some reservations. But really, what I took away from that game is the Eagles are legit. That defense, that pass rush is great. Nick Sirianni seems to be like a great coach. Darius Slay, I, I tweeted this out. I underrated him so much. He looked great, probably guarding a top two receiver in this league in Justin Jefferson. Slay was him. And the offense, you know, I know all of us here kind of thought this would be a good offense, but we were a little reserved about Jalen Hurts' arm power and accuracy and strength. He looks great. Uh, he, yeah. was, he was making throws that I was shocked by, you know, like, it, I was very impressed with Jalen Hurts, obviously on the run game because I thought that, and obviously the pass game. The play calling was fabulous. They had the Vikings had no idea what the Eagles were going to do next. Even I believe oh, who was on the call, whoever's on the call, I'm blanking now. Said like 
it looks like they've got a million plays in their book because they haven't come out. They haven't <clears> came out with anything the same all game. Everyone was open. I I watched that game yesterday and I was sold. And they look at their schedule. They should be favored in every single game they play in, except for against the Packers. So if you want to briefly look at the schedule before I move on, they play. Let's just look through the next five games. Ready? Commanders, mm-hmm. easy. Jaguars, yeah. easy. Cardinals, eh. Cowboys, it's not easy. easy, but I definitely think they're favored. It doesn't matter. Them. Steelers, easy. Texans, easy. Commanders, easy. Colts, the way they're playing, easy. Then they play the Packers. They could be going into that game eight and zero. So I could even know, say they might. I might would probably take the Eagles or the Packers today. I'm thinking of putting a bet on them to finish first in the NFC. I, I I got so sold on it, and I'm not a guy who bets. Like this team, just like I'm all in. I'm all in after that week. Maybe I'm overreacting a bit. I probably am. This is what happens with the NFL with 17 weeks, but. Everything about the Eagles looked incredible. See, Ronnie looks incredible. So the Eagles are my good for the week, hopefully for the year. Well, not hopefully I'm a Giants fan, but hopefully for my take a year. All I will say, though, is they did this against Monday Night Kirk Cousins. And okay, I, but Kirk, Kirk Cousins wasn't playing defense against Jalen Hurts going 30. That's true. 26 for 30. I mean, but the thing is, they played real, but they also only scored 24 points. Like, it wasn't like... This wasn't cut like off a, the gas. Hear me quickly. I, I agree with you from the defensive standpoint because remember, this is a team that allowed 35 to Detroit. And I know Detroit's yeah. frisky, but I think we need to see a little more out of this defense. But offensively, I think they have all the weapons to easily win this NFC East. I think we could all agree on that. I agree on that. I guess I'm just not sure I see this game as huge an uh, indicator as you guys do. That's all. All right, I Jacob, do- you want to talk about America's team? Yeah. Yeah, obviously, we all know the Cowboys are one and one Dak Prescott's hurt out till week four, most likely, maybe later. But the thing is, the Dallas defense is just so dominant right now, especially it's really just Micah Parsons, dude. It's just insane. They gave up 19 points to Tampa in week one. Obviously, that was a loss. Barely etching out a win, winning 2017 over the Super Bowl appearances of uh, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. But Parsons and the, the Cowboys defense, six sacks on Joe Burrow. And to me, I know, I know the Giants play the Cowboys this week. And yeah, on Monday Night Football, I really don't know who's going to win that game. This Dallas defense is just keeping them relevant right now. As long as Dak's out, that offense is not going to score more than 25 points. But that defense will keep teams off the board. And honestly, Micah Parsons might be one of the most dominant pass rushers I've ever seen play the game. All right, Jeremy, what do you got for us? So my good is predictably... I have to talk about the Jets game. For context, my uncle for his birthday flew out to Cleveland to see the Jets on his birthday play. So he was there in person. But they were down by two touchdowns with two minutes left. They scored an absolutely blown coverage to Corey Davis, get the onside kick. Flacco drives them down. And I guess just this is the first time I've seen life like that with the Jets in years. Also, I want to say this is not the fantasy, so I'll talk just a little bit about fantasy here. And Garrett Wilson, he got a 35% target share in that game. He is looking legit. Like, he's looking like a star star. To get, like, two touchdowns over 100 yards in your second NFL game, obviously the Jets aren't making your playoffs or anything like that this year, but this is the first time I've seen life from them and life from this offense in a long time. And same thing, Michael... Carter, Brees Hall, both of them could, I think, be starters on, like, other teams in the NFL. Both are very good young running backs. So, yeah, I'm just – I'm excited. But. Joe Flacco has thrown 123 pass attempts. Now, Jeremy's going to talk about it later, but well, let's compare that. Keep that in mind. For Wait, Jeremy's he's thrown 123? That, I didn't realize uh, let's, I'll high. look it up. I'll look it up. That's, That's ridiculous. That's what, either way, that's ridiculous. One There's second. No- Joe Flacco, 103, 103. My bad. Okay. My bad. I knew it was a three. There's still a lot. It's yeah, still nuts. Ridiculous. It's over 50 yeah. a game. Anyway, we'll talk about the Bears in a second. So keep that stat in mind. Let's move on to the bad. And my bad is the Las Vegas Raiders. So much hype entering the season. Chandler Jones, Devontae Adams, still got Waller and Redfro. And I was high on them. But they lose week one by a touchdown in Los Angeles. Understandable. But week two, you can't lose that game. You can't be up 20 to nothing against the Cardinals and at halftime and blow it. You can't be driving for a game-winning field goal and fumble that's returned for a touchdown. And to me, I mean, you're two games back in the AFC West. 
that that's not where you want to be. Obviously, that makes things really difficult. I think it's already. I think they're already cooked in the division. If I'm being honest, McDaniel's he's got a lot to prove. His team is undisciplined as ever. It's just been very disappointing for them. And the Raiders go into Tennessee 0 and 2 versus 0 and 2, and it's a must-win game for the Raiders at this point. They haven't even faced the Chiefs. They haven't even faced the Broncos. I know the Broncos are struggling, but they need to get things going. They have the talent. Devontae Adams had only two catches. That's not good enough. They just need to execute better because they have the talent. All right. My bad is the Bengals and their Super Bowl hangover. Roster-wise, this team should be better than last year. They improved their roster. They improved their offensive line. They improved their defense. But everyone is playing worse. Joe Burrow didn't look like himself week one. The offensive line, so-called improved, has somehow gotten worse. Makes literally no sense. Only can be described as two things. Uh, everyone, the receivers and running backs have been fine, but the defense too has been. Defense has been bad, like the offensive line and Joe Burrow has, but they haven't been good per se. They're they're under expectations. This can only be two things. One is Super Bowl hangover. At this point, we know it's real. The Bengals better hope it's that because then they should be able to right the ship. And with a bad, with not the best AFC North, they could actually still win this division. Two though, and this is definitely to it. In my uh, campaign against two head coaches in this league, ah, uh, three. I've three. I've three hated head coaches in this league. Who's the and third behind Taylor and uh, Cliff? Freaking yeah. Matt, dumbass rule. Um, oh right, 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 right. Zach Taylor is a horrible coach. Like he is a trash can of a coach. He's so you lucky can't make a Super Bowl. Bowl as a horrible I coach. I, I don't care. Ellis, I don't pick care. your lane. Pick your lane. Can you uh, terrible? Head coach make it a Super Bowl, aka Bruce Arians, or shut up, shut up. Uh, Bruce Arians is a good head coach. Wait, wait, wait. did you see? I, I we we talked about the fight a little bit. You know who started the fight? You know who's chirping Tom Brady? first? No, Bruce Arians. I saw, I saw that. What too, was guys. he doing? Shut up! You're so goddamn old and he said, stupid. He Just said, sit Mike, in the press box like a good little boy and do nothing. He sent Mike Evans what to sick him. He sent Mike Evans to sick martial letter. By the way, there's nobody in the NFL that owns more real. Yeah, not really, but he was like, and then Mike Evans ran. But there's nobody in the NFL that owns, owns a player more than Marshall Lattimore owning Mike Evans. It is the funniest. Evans thing. Evans has his catches. It reminds me a little bit of uh, you and me, actually, with me being Lattimore and you being Evans and Evans losing his career. Wow. But, wow. Wow. It's crazy. But, I, I, you know, I, I couldn't watch the game because the streamies wasn't working. So I just, like, saw some of the clips of it. And I was like, oh, so, you know, Lattimore was just chirping and Evans came up behind him. And then I looked at the, like, I saw another clip on Monday. And, of course, it's this fat Bruce. You know what it was? Wait, Arians. did you not see what happened? It was, to- like, this is, like, not me slandering Tom Brady. Tom Brady started talking to Lattimore first. Lattimore got in Brady's face. He didn't touch him, but he's up in his face then. Evan comes from the yeah. backside and just shoves the out of Lattimore. I guess when you're. All because, all because. Brady was the one who started. He he went up to Latimer. Uh, I, I think it was Big Bruce and Fournette no. was in on it too. Fournette was in on it too. All hate Latimer. The person who started it was Brady Latimer. Brady, I, I gotta give balls this. Brady's a forty-five year old man with two kids and a wife who, by the way, ran away to Costa Rica. But regardless, he's a forty-five year old man with two kids and, wife, and he's going really up funny. to Marshall Latimer. Oh, no and one he, would he, ever. And he said, and he said, I'm gonna beat your ass, even though Latimer completely like pwned him on the play. Notice how none of Aaron Rodgers' teammates uh, fight for him they're just like uh, you've been on your own your entire life you could handle anyway sorry there's the sidetrack zach taylor and let me tell you why zach taylor's a bad coach and got super bowl he has one of the best quarterbacks in the league and a great receivers and he's still i mean it's great for me i'm a fan as a fantasy owner but he still institutes a run first offense i've never seen more of a head coach that can be described as a derp as zach taylor at least cliff kingsbury is cool and he runs a cool air raid offense like because cliff kingsbury will be a good offensive coordinator one day he's just not a leader of men zach taylor has zero clue what he's doing he just he just remembers the time he had todd Gurley on the rams and he ran halfback dives like he's like that sounds so fun and that's what he does and he's lucky the team's talented around him anyway let's move on to jacob's bad all right my bad for the week, I've got one normal one and then one funny fact and uh, just a quicker one. But yeah, my first bad, the Broncos, man. 
I know they should have win against the Texans this week. Barely beat the Texans, 16-9. But uh, Russell Wilson, man, just not performing well. I don't know what, what's going on there. Javante looks pretty good. Melvin Gordon looks solid. The defense is not giving up a lot of points. Maybe it's chemistry, but Wilson just cannot get it going with Sunday. Two words, Nathaniel Hackett. He's in well, over his head. The time management's atrocious in the first week. The second week, just a lot of questionable calls and decisions. Taking a delay a game to move out of field goal territory like just makes no sense to me. Not yeah. having a punter? Uh, yeah, Wilson, a 57% completion percentage in his first two games, almost eight full points below his career average. Not too worried about him, but just the rest of the team kind of worries me. So that's the main bad. The other bad, and kind of just funny, I saw a stat on Twitter earlier. Justin Fields has 28 pass attempts on the year. Every single other team, every every all 29 other teams has at least 28 completions. Sure. So, first of all, my bad. I know they won this week, but I feel like I have to talk about the Rams. They just haven't looked good this year. Like, they got destroyed by the Bills in week one. And, okay, I understand the Bills are very, very good, but it's still the Bills. Like, I mean, but you still are a team that won the Super Bowl. You can't get destroyed like that. They were up big against the Falcons, and then they almost had a – a reverse Patriots Falcons Super Bowl and had a meltdown. They ended up winning at the last second, but and it ended up being a hold on. But it's just, and I think this is becoming a pattern with the Rams too. I mean, I'm thinking even going back to remember last year in the playoff game against the Bucks, they ended up pulling it out at the end, but they were up big in that game and they almost blew it at the last second. They had an entire meltdown. If it wasn't for Cup and Stafford being amazing they would have lost that game and I guess just I don't know the Falcons are quite frankly not a good team and to almost lose to a bad team like that and right like let's say they had Banner to lose then this entire week we'd be like what the f- is wrong with the Rams so I don't know I feel like the Rams really are not playing well right now you guys see Ramsey on the sideline like celebrating yeah that was really funny yeah what happened he I was like talking it. all this like he didn't just beat the Falcons by six. Yeah, I saw that. Ramsey's a yeah character. He's a clown. Oh, let's speaking move on to fantasy. Let's move on to fantasy. Yes, Actually, let me. Speak, speaking let me, of chirping. Oh, go ahead, Jeremy. Okay, let, let me start this this fantasy section. No, 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 no. Shut up, Jeremy. Uh, with all due respect, I'm. I was finishing the stat. Fine, 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 fine. So the the second half of this bear statistic, they have 28 pass attempts. Through two games, Justin Field has completed 15 passes. No, I'm so that in fantasy leagues, I own both Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet. Mooney! And after yeah, Cole Komet Mooney, is absolutely screwing me. Thank you, Matt. You, you for plus or whatever your stupid name is. Who doesn't want to throw Can the I ball. just say, after all this hype of Mooney's going to be great, look at his separation. Man is terrible. It's not him. It's not him. They refuse to throw the football. They don't, they're not throwing it's the football. It's just, I. This offense does not exist. If you look at Ralph's percentage and like separation, Mooney and Komet are still very good players, but they're just not football. Like, oh my God. Oh, whatever. I don't want to talk about it. I don't think I've ever seen an offense exist less than this Bears offense right now. And I'm a Jets fan. And that's my, that's my fantasy for the week. All right. Let's, let's move on to the main event. You know, I think it was Tuesday morning. You know, I was just, you know, I saw this tweet today that was like, I open Twitter like it's the morning paper. And that's pretty much what I do. You know, I wake up in the morning and I open the old bird app, as I like to say. And Jacob loves when I say that. And, you know, I saw Ellis, you know, mentioned by Ellis Gord. I'm like, oh, let's see what this guy has to say. And he this said, guy. he said, you know, uh, thank you to the schedule gods. After a tough win, I get to go play the best team in the uh, the worst team in the league and Dan Fox. And, you know, I didn't really say much. I just sort of nodded. And, you actually uh, said, wow, wow, wow. You, you proceeded to tweet about me for five days straight like I was like your father or something. That's okay. the story correct. All right, okay, okay. Yeah, I might have said a few things. But, you know, I told the team and I said, look, this is – there's all this outside noise. The media is going to be focusing on this game. We just got to go play our games. And then Mike Williams went out there and he dropped 25. I will say, and- Dan I, – I love how you treat your team like you're the real head coach. It, it makes me laugh when I see it. It, it does make me laugh. Like, <laughs> Wait, did you see what I said? I, I thought that's a it might be the stupidest. 
it might be the stupidest thing, but it also does make me laugh. I have to admit. You see what I said? My team went four and I took them all out for ice cream. Nobody was smiling. Yes, I saw that. I saw that. Like, like I think Dan really lives, like lives it, you know, he's living it. <laughs> I mean, it's a joke. It's just a bit. But anyway, Nick Chubb drops 34. Jared Goff, 32. I bench two. It doesn't matter. Antonio Gibson, you know, slander him. Fine. He's going to go drop a 20 spot. Um, and it wasn't even close, you know. I he dropped declared, 13 first off, but go he on. He did not drop 13. <laughs> yes, he, he did. Way more than that. Want to bet? Oh, I'm, I'm looking right uh, you now. St- you still, you still crushed me, but he did not drop 20. He dropped 13 because he scored a touchdown in the last game, in the last three minutes of the game. Uh, who else did well for me? I'm trying to think. It's not loading right now. Everyone did well for you. Everyone did well because I fired up the boys. Not to mention, I went four and zero, dropped a 200 burger on Blake. So I just fathered both Gordons this weekend. I mean, it, it was just a Dan masterclass, and we love to see it. You know, people tell me, what are you doing? Why are you drafting Nick Chubb in the first round? Look, Antonio Gibson, he's going to be on kickoff returns. Doesn't look like he's on kickoff returns to me. Okay, you can't talk about Antonio Gibson, Dan. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Look, we're 1-1 one one in this league. I'm just talking about this week. 2-0 uh, oh in Dynasty. I'm going to win Dynasty. I mean, I have Diggs, Taylor, Eckler. and yes, funny thing beating me in Dynasty, dude. What? I scored 210 and 187 in my first two weeks. Okay, cool. I'm just getting warmed up. And uh, if Russ wakes up, then we'll be really set. But, like, I'm dropping I'm dropping 200 on people's asses, and, like, Eckler and Fournette haven't even gone going. Boys will be ready to go. Uh, we're traveling to, I think it's the Crosbys, who didn't want to trade me Derek Carr. They'll probably want to trade me Derek Carr after this game, after I kick their ass. They're going to need some of my players. My bench is too good, too. Like, I'm just, I'm just a juggernaut. But who's not a juggernaut is Derek Henry. Man, I'm worried about him. I have my, him in my Cape Cod League. He's not doing too well. In fact, you know, I'm going to give it to him. I'm going to give him the Daniel Fox Fantasy Cardio Player of the Week because he was just running cardio this week. He wasn't putting up any numbers. Yes, he got one touchdown to make his stats look respectable, but I'm worried. You know, no one's scared about this passing game. They could key in on Henry, and you got to wonder if he has that same burst he has two years ago. All right, so I put the Sun God as my fantasy, but then Jacob gave it to him. And usually first, like, first person gets dibs because I want to talk about Amon Ross St. Brown. But I'll no. let Jacob do it because I'm a good person. And I, no, no, um, I get the hype of a Monroe Brown after Jacob. Yeah, I've Jeremy's been, this guy Jeremy's been on the hype train for the longest. I, you gotta yeah, give it. To I, I'm just I'm even just though saying. even though we were we were all on the hype train. I just Jeremy was super on the hype train. But regardless, I'm not gonna take anything away from him. So I'll talk about someone else. I'll talk about someone on my team rather who I think was an absolute steal. And if you got him, choose an absolute steal. Christian Kirk, man, he looks good. He like a little bit of, I mean, I even have my questions. Can he be wide receiver one? Um, Trevor Lawrence throwing him the ball. He didn't look good last year. They seem to have a mind melt. Two touchdowns this week, six for 78. Last week he was, uh, I believe, eight catches. He looks to be a low-end wide receiver one. If you got him, congrats. But to segue into Jacob, what Jacob and Jeremy want to talk about, however much Steel Christian Kirk was, he is no sun god. Yeah, I didn't know you were referring to him as a sun god. Otherwise, I wouldn't have taken it. So my bad there. It's not just Ellis. Like, his nickname is the Sun God. Okay, I've never heard that before. Yeah. To inform the audience before Jacob goes, Amon Ra is mean Sun God. And uh, I forget what, I forget what, but it does mean that. Anyway. That's so cool, sick, by the way. Uh, yeah, my fantasy player of the week, Amon Ra St. Brown. And yeah, as Ellis said, Christian Kirk of Steel, I got Amon Ra in the seventh round in, in my frat league. And, you know, me and my big... Oh, no, not the frat league. Me and my no. big healing the league right now. Amon Ra with 21 points in week one. Dude, that's like the show. You're If you win a fantasy frat league, like, that's the best of the best. That's the league we do with our friends. It's the same exact thing. No, nobody does Nobody does football like the frat bros. Like, well, not saying Brown, but you have nine receptions, 116 yards, two receiving touchdowns, and adding 70 yards on the ground in week two against Washington. You know, just me and, me and my big Johnny just dominating, dominating Everybody else. We got Hurts on our team. AJ Brown turning up. Even CD had a good game with no deck. 16 points. But yeah, Amon Rossane Brown, he is a league winner this year. So that is my fantasy player of the week. All right. Well, let me jump in on Amon Rossane Brown. For, for the people that have been listening, this is my Josh Allen, okay? I lived in the house. You guys talk about him every day. I can talk about Amon Rossane Brown once a f- week. Because I told you guys he would be a top 10 receiver. I told you guys he would 100% be an amazing wide receiver one for me. And guess what? He's been everything I've advertised and more. 
Can we rehash your Juju Smith-Schuster take or no? I we can't. I think he's gonna. Isn't he had a bad game? I actually don't. I'm not hating him. Right. He's not having a tough. Anyway, um, speaking of real yeah, quick, okay, he's not gonna be a wide receiver one, but I honestly do think he'll have a decent season. I just think. Speaking of um, Josh Allen, I was scrolling through my camera roll and I fell upon the dead video, and it's it's glorious. It's glorious. Dad, like tell you everyone you're see, so like, stupid. See, Ellis, like okay. you see, I talk about you all the time. Like this is what you do. You bait. You bait. You bait. And no, then, I wasn't. I wasn't looking through you. I just was like random. I know, but you're bringing up Josh Allen again, just like you bring up. You brought up Nick Chubb again, and out of nowhere, I wasn't even thinking about you. I was not thinking about you. You had to call me the worst team in the league, and like that's gonna fire me up. Like you understand? Yeah, that was funny. That, right? that was that was fun. That was none of my positions changed, but you got to give it to Dan. He uh, he showed out this week at least. So yeah, uh, I got the I'll boys ready. Um, uh, but we'll see by the end of the season. These things usually work out in my favor. But um, predictions. But first. As we said, Jacob hasn't been here for a long time. So we've delayed the speeches for round three of Victory Jacob won by tiebreak. And we also have to have a losing speech from Dan. Um, so let's do those. You know, Jacob, you haven't been here, so you get a minute max. Nah, you get like 45 seconds, both of you. So go. And then we'll go on to predictions. Let let Danny go first. Yeah, that's right. Let Dan go first. You have 45 seconds. Why did you lose so badly this week? Why did I lose so bad? I think I kept uh, hooking my train up to uh the red Sox and picking them every single time i think they won one time i don't think you, I, oh no they won they won the one time when i uh picked like they're playing the yankees and i picked them i uh, picked the yankees jeez i was an idiot I, that's more embarrassing than losing honestly honestly that kind of is low-key <laughs> but um i'm up you know i had a good week last week i watched a lot of film trying to figure out where i did wrong and you know i can't win at everything in life you know i win um and it'll be the show I win fantasy. I just, I just win. I just win a lot of things. Um, and this was a tough week. You know, I felt like Ellis just being a loser, and uh, I don't want to taste that feeling again. All righty. And for my winning speech, you know, I'm going to keep it short and sweet. The similar Dan, I do a lot of winning, except just do a little bit more. You know, fantasy. It'll be the show. I have a better record than him online. I guarantee it. Oh yeah. What's your score? I mean, what's your record? What's your record? My record's 42 and 12. Really? Yeah. Uh, that's better than me. I've been dealing with some lag, as yeah. you know. Be real! Hey. It's time to be real! Hey. But, yeah, you know, just sticking with my gut, you know, just following my instinct has always led me to great places in my life. And uh, there's just no reason why that won't translate over to predictions. I know I'm already behind by one in, uh, for, this, for this round after week one. There's nine weeks to go. And that's a lot of time. That's a lot of time. You're leaving the GOAT. Too many rounds. <laughs> all right. So right now we have me, Dan, and Jacob all tied at one win apiece. This is week two. Let's get to predictions. Let's start with boring baseball first. Blue Jays raise, and we are all in consensus. Maybe question mark, Dan. I'm not yes, we're all in consensus. Although it is in Mickey Mouse's clubhouse. So Dan, tell us why you have the Blue Jays. Look, you need talent to win in baseball. The Rays have no talent. They're getting exposed by the Astros right now. You know, they could pull these Mickey Mouse shenanigans when they play like the Pirates or somebody. But when they play actually good teams like the Blue Jays, who are going to come for the Yankees, they're coming on their tail. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they are. They're, if, they win to, if they win tonight and the Yankees lose, it's four and a half games. Yeah, I'm not worried. I may, maybe should, buddy. Blue Jays, easy for me. Oh, yeah, Devers home run. So pathetic, Jacob. We now all we're all agreeing on these baseball picks. Braves, Phillies. Why do you have the Braves? The Braves are winning the division. I know the Mets just clinched the playoffs. That division still, I think, is a very. I mean, no, I don't think it is a very, very tight race. But uh, yeah, this Braves team just so much more dominant than this Phillies team, up and down the batting order, throughout the bullpen, and. Uh, throughout the bullpen and throughout the starting rotation. The Braves just scare me a lot more. Swanson's wrecking it. Ozzie Albies, unfortunately, down and out yet again. The game after returning from us from like multiple, multiple month injury, fractures his fingers. That really sucks for him and the Braves. But this this team is just so deep. Riley's disgusting. Olsen's having a fantastic year, leading the league in doubles. And uh, yeah, this Braves team just way scarier. So that's why we've all got the Braves. Let's move on now to NFL. We got four games here for you in week two. Let's start off with Raiders versus Titans. Everyone's got the Raiders but me. So, Jeremy, give your case for the Raiders. Or any of you give your case for the Raiders. And I got a good case for the Titans. I mean, 
I think for me, it's just, it's basically the symbol. This is a really good team. You know, I'm like Dan High on Derek Carr. I think this is very talented. I just, I don't see this team being 0-3. I think the Titans have been really disappointing for me. I know it is a thing that after a big loss, like against the Bills, teams like that tend to kind of come back. But I just, I think they're both teams kind of slumping and I just have more faith in the Raiders. I think that's much more do that they played decent opponents and had a meltdown than it is due the due to the Titans who like against the Giants they just lost. Well, let me tell you. Well, first off, this is a crucial game. Whoever loses is pretty much out of a playoff spot already. Season's over. So crucial game. No, Season might be already over for both teams. But I don't screw it off for the Titans, dude. It was one on one right now. It's not a big deal. No team though. No team like the last ten years no. though has made. But the Titans might buck the trend anyway. First off, let's go to head coaches. Mike Vrabel is not letting the team lose three in a row. Ryan Tannehill bounced back. Derek Henry revenge game incoming versus this. Sure, on paper, the Raiders are better, but it's a Josh McDaniels team, which means they are incompetent. You saw them collapse against the Cardinals. You saw them do jack against the Chargers. And Dan Jeremy's sexual fantasy of Derek Carr being a top 10 QB is never happening. This Titans defense... Shuts him up. I think the Titans win 24-14 against the Raiders. Raiders going 0-3 and on to another disappointing season. All right, let's move on to 49ers-Broncos. Dan, this time, has the Broncos. The rest of us have the 49ers. I'll explain why I have the 49ers first to anyone who wants to pitch in after me, and then Dan will rebut with the Broncos. You know, a lot of good, by the way, on these football games. A lot of good variants. The Broncos are more talented, there's no doubt. But the way they played the last two weeks... I just can't in good conscience pick a team playing like that the last two weeks. If any other team is better than the Texans, they lose that game, and they're 0-2. And we see, we're, we're looking at this game very differently. Sure, could they technically get it together? Yeah, it's possible. They have the talent to do so for sure. They should be able to, but a team that's played bad for two straight games, I'm not picky. Meanwhile, the 49ers are still a very competent franchise. Kyle Shannon is very good. Jimmy G, yeah, he doesn't have the dual threat as Trey Lance, but he might be a better thrower at this stage of his career. And might be actually better for the offense in the short term, not long term. Expect all their receivers to get involved. I think a big thing will be Kittle. The 49ers are 3-11 and 11 in the last 14 games Kittle didn't play in. So that's not great. Or 4-10. and 10. If he comes back, I'm certain the Titans are going to, uh, the 49ers are going to win. If not, it'll be a little closer, but I'm sticking with my guns. This Broncos team just has made me very scared. I was signing the Broncos earlier this season. I mean, it's still the same. Still the same guy. I'm still talking Sutton, Judy, hopefully. I mean, he's going to play Russ, and it's at home. I don't, like, yes, I worry about Nathaniel Hackett, but on paper, this Broncos team is still really, really good. Has the edge over the 49ers, definitely, in terms of weapons and the quarterback, and they're at home. So the Broncos hear the noise. I think they're going to come ready to play. I still favor the Broncos in Super Bowl odds over the 49ers. I just think it's too early with Hackett. I think he'll get better once he kind of calms down in more midseason form. I just feel like it's still kind of too early. All right. I have more reservations than Jeremy. Let's move on to Packers buck. This time I descend again with the Packers. Dan, I'll let you get your bucks taken. I'm not. I mean, oh, here's here's someone in the hall of shame real quick. And this could like bleacher report. They write a little article. The Packers have failed Aaron Rodgers. Then the second week, the Packers win a game. And they say, oh, this Packers two-headed monster is amazing. Which one is it, Bleach Report, you idiots? Oh, my God. Anyway, um, Aaron Rodgers is not beating Tom Brady on the road. Um, One drop on the first drive, Aaron Rodgers will mentally check out. Um, He'll probably check out anyway because of this pass rush. Uh, The Bucs defense has allowed six points in two games. I mean, that's all I need for that. Best run defense. I'm not really too worried about this game. This game is more of a vibe check. I just had a weird vibe that the Packers are going to upset the because I think the Bucks are a better team than the Packers in what I'm coining, by the way, the wine bowl, because uh, how much both QBs whine and around. But I will say what, what does, gives me some hope on my Packers pick is Tom Brady, uh, uh, the Bucks rather, recently signed Cole Beasley in the locker room. I guess Tom Brady uh, thought that there wasn't enough racists in the locker room with him. He was feeling a little out of place. But regardless, regardless, the real reason he signed him is because you'd have to think that means Julio Jones and Chris Godwin might not play. So if they're out Julio Jones, if they're out Chris Godwin, if they're out, if they're out Mike Evans, you saw, and I don't blame Tom Brady for this. You saw how bad the Buccaneers offense looked 
without those pieces. Tom Brady was literally throwing tablets, having a little tamper tantrum on the sideline. Scotty really should have caught, caught that pass that was 10 yards above your head. In all seriousness, besides that one throw where he threw that tamper tantrum, it was mostly the receiver's fault. I just don't trust the team with their CV core of Scotty Miller and Cole Beasley. Maybe the racist meld mixes right, with Cole Beasley up. and Tom Brady. I think but... Julio's going to play because he was a game-time decision in last That's true. Week. So you get Gage, Julio. Talking... Yeah, but when, if Julio plays, it's different. But when you're talking about Gage, Beasley, uh, uh, Miller as Donovan three. Smith is back, their left tackle. And then, and then, and then you know, the Packers, I think, are, be- are, are, are better than their week one performance shows. I still don't think they're great, but I think they just pull off a little upset here. Okay, let's move on to something we've all got in common, Jacob, Bills, Dolphins, and then I want to chip in something here. Yeah, uh, we've all got the Bills. Uh, I mean, we all, we all saw their dominant performance over the Titans on Monday Football last night. But for me, we all, we all know what this, what this Dolphins offense is now capable of after doing this to the Ravens. But I just think that the Bills, offensively and defensively, are just a step up from the Ravens. And... I think the Bills kind of destroy the destroy the Dolphins. I think they win by at least 17 points, if I'm being honest. Josh Allen just too good, literally unstoppable. Loving my third or fourth round pick in our in our father's son league on with him. You know, giving me 40 plus in the first two weeks each. But uh yeah, we've all got the Bills, you know, Bills defense dominant. Trey White returning from an injury soon. Their pass rush is looking good. Offensively, they're unstoppable. There's been no one even slowing them down. So that's why we've all got the Bills. To add on a little to this Tua thing, Tua was good, and Dan's right, he's a point guard. But if you look at those touchdowns, a lot of them were just on the Ravens' defense, completely blowing coverages. Two underthrown passes to Tyreek for touchdowns, and a ball that Mike Kosicki kind of bailed him out. I mean, it was a good throw, but I think Mike Kosicki, like, what, actually, I won't, I won't dock him on that one, rather. But, like, the arm strength, I still, my point is, I still have concerns about Tua as an all-pro QB which you need to be when you're going up against an all-pro defense and an all-pro QB on the other side in Josh Allen. I agree. I think this is a kind of easy Bills win. Not a blowout, but easy, comfortable Bills win. Let's see what Tua right. does when he gets under uh, – when he gets some heat off on him because uh, that's going to be the real question. I mean, this pass yeah. for real. I'm, I was To be honest with that, one more thing I'll say before we move on to a couple Hall of Fame, Hall of Shame, is it really got me scared for the Ravens' defense. It looked horrible. Well, let's move on to Hall of Fame, Hall of Shame. I want to start off with Hall of Fame first because I like being positive, and this Hall of Shame is a good one. Hall of Fame is Stefan Diggs for scoring the most fantasy points in two games by a receiver ever in the history of fantasy. If you really? Had Stephon Diggs, yes. Really? If you had Stefan Diggs in your last two weeks, you pretty, your team could have been pretty much doo-doo, and he would have won last two weeks by Stefan Diggs alone. He just broke the record for two weeks Fantasy points scored over a two-week span by receiver in PPR ever. And he was he looked unreal. Like he tore even they put some dumb reason Trey Avery, the old Rutgers quarterback, who was good at Rutgers, on him, uh, who was who was like a practice squad player. And Diggs torched the living crap out of Trey. Who was Avery. Diggs gotta, in the Dan Ellis League? I don't know. That's what I'm mean? calling the father-son week from now on, the Dan Ellis week. Congrats. I guess this will be a little fantasy hall of shame, uh, of fame. So congrats to Diggs owners and Diggs himself, who went up to the sideline and said, I am him. And how can you hate it? Because he is him, at least over the last two games, especially coming off a mediocre season last year where he finishes the wide receiver eight. But, you know. Hall of shame. So well-deserving for the longest time and has a little attack on the media in it too. This hall of shame is Brett Favre. And, I mean, Kwasim Rashid got it right when he tweeted, Michael Vick spent 18 months in prison and a media circus for dogfighting with dogs. Not good. Brett Favre stole, allegedly, $5 million from Mississippi's welfare program. And, in fact, not only the welfare program, the poorest one, the one doing the worst 100K children, and he stole money, $5 million from them. Uh, Brett Favre has a long history of being an asshole, and he should have stuck to jeans commercials and throwing a football because that was all he was good at. But, like, how low do you have to be? First off, he's, he should be rich. He was an NFL quarterback. A good one at that. A top 10 one at that. And he's in every single Wrangler commercial for jeans or whatever those jeans are called. But yet, he still steals $5 million from Mississippi, a home caught red-handed, the text to prove. He also, like, lied about the vaccines and stuff. And he's done a million other uh, horrible things. Oh, uh, I, I can... I can list a few in a second, but like he's a bad person. There's pretty much no other way to put that. 
And yeah, way to steal five million from the poorest people in our country. You're a real hero, Brett Favre. So you are one of our most well-deserving Hall of Shames there is. You know, Hall of Shames is a little weird because we have people like Infantino for being a horrible person in the Hall of Shame in sports. And we also have Todd Gurley for not uh, living up to expectations. So it, we Wait, were wasn't wide because, um, Was it because it wasn't like he didn't like kneel at the... Yes, when, yes. Yeah. So, so Brett Favre... We like joins, to keep it diverse in there. It's very diverse in there. And now we got a stat track that some people here will love and some people here will hate. Stat track. These are two receivers. Ready? Receiver one. The, oh, oh, that means the parameters. So the parameters for the stat track is last year and the first two games of this year. Receivers. Last year, this uh, in the, I guess, last year and this year combined. In 2020, in the first two games of this year, he uh, this receiver had has 33 receptions. 494 yards. Uh, no, actually 504 yards. One touchdown over the 2020 in these two first two games. A catch percentage of 60 of 70% aroundish, like 71%. And yeah, that's receiver one. Receiver two, 2020 and in the first two games this year. And the first two games of this year has 22 receptions, 360 yards. Around a 70 also percent catch percentage. Um, and then let me give you targets. Receiver two targets has been 34 the last two years, the last 2020 and 2022, excuse me. And this guy's targets has been 47. So roughly equivalent. So these receivers, the point is these receivers are pretty equivalent. Can you guess who they are? Well, it's some it's someone that either me or Jacob hates, is one of them. So I'm hey, trying to think. I don't have that many that much beef with receivers. Is one of them, is one of, never mind. Never mind. Now, who does Jacob hate? Kenny Dan- Galladay. Wide receiver two is Kenny Galladay. Can you get what wide receiver one is? Evan Ingram. No. Oh, that's tight. Okay. Is he in the NFC or AFC? He's in the NFC. He's in the NFC East. Jalen Rager. Jalen Rager's not in the NFC East. They trade him. Um, he's on the Giants. Just wanted a clue. He's like David Sills. No, it's Richie James. Oh my God, bro! <laughs> oh, was that his name? Richie, yeah, Richie James. This, this dude, and, and let me, let me now get, let me now get to the. He's our leading receiver this year. Richie James is being paid five hundred. Uh, no, he's being paid a million dollars this year. Kenny Galladay is being paid some exorbitant I, amount. Four year, he's on. A, he's being paid thirty-one. He has thirty-one million dollars in dead cap money this year. The most expensive of any receiver. What a clown. Like, Jesus, man. And he's only seeing two targets a game. This is so embarrassing for the Giants. Maybe one of the worst free agent. Might be the worst free agent wide receiver acquisition in all of history. Yeah, so that's all I can say about that. That's horrible. And that is uh, a depressing stat track for Giants fans, even though we're 2-0. With that, I think that is all for this week's episode. Next week will be week three. Then after that, I believe... No, yeah. Next week will be week three. Then after that, I believe we're going to talk some MLB playoffs plus week four. And then NBA season preview plus week five. So keep locked with this, as I always say. Uh, this this like, is where the podcast gets good. This is where yeah. it gets good. And look, we're trying to get guests. All right? Trying to get you, Chang. That's in the works. John Heyman's in the works. Um, uh, we're trying to get a lot of different people. Balls are in the air. Yeah, balls are in the air. We should get Fishman back. But um, anyway, so this is the best Whoa. time of the year. That's say our podcast is always good. So I can't discredit us, but this is the best time of the year for sports and thus the best time of the year for our podcast. If you want to start your own podcast about sports, about really anything you would like, you can use our link in our bio for Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We have a link there to Buzzsprout. Buzzsprout is a great spot, a great site to host your podcast. You can do free, you can do paid. Paid plan comes with an Amazon gift card. They get you to all the major podcast platforms. They are a class act. If you want to just listen to our podcast, Who's on Top, WHO Apostrophe, Space on One, Space TOP, anywhere you listen to your podcast except for Amazon. But who listens to stupid Amazon anyway? Don't support Jeff Bezos. We're mainly on, of course, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating. Leave us a little review. Hope it's five stars and positive. But if it's not, we take constructive criticism sometimes. Also follow, never dance shaking his head. Also follow the podcast and like the episodes that you l- listen to. And more importantly, turn on, no- turn on notifications. We're posting now every Sunday morning. 
but occasionally we won't because we get lazy or stuff happens, life happens, but we should see them every Sunday morning. But if not, just keep those notifications turned down. Plus they're helpful for the summer. Social media, we're on Twitter and Instagram at what.podcast, that's capital W, then let all lowercase, lowercase, ot.podcast, Instagram and Twitter. Twitter, we post sometimes our live thoughts to games. Always the prediction standings, as soon as we get them, they are posted. I make sure that's out immediately. Highlights to the episode of me, Dan, Jacob, Jeremy. Um, What else? Oh, you always know when the new episode's out, and the link to our podcast is in our bio. Same thing with Instagram. The link to our podcast is in our Instagram bio there we also post highlights of the episode or that be me jan jeremy jacob we also post face shops photoshops there of us in nice little uh, uniforms depending on who we're talking about that day and we have polls and questions so we're very interactive over there so go follow all that stuff again wt.podcast all right i think it's all for this week a great episode as always so excited for football to keep progressing. Have a good week. Stay safe. Stay healthy. Hope you enjoyed the podcast. And goodbye. Goodbye.